symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Turn it on and rip the knob off. guys and welcome back to the wrestling memory grenade now at episode 113 and happy new year everybody happy 2024 hope you guys had a very happy holiday season merry christmas happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa all that good stuff we did take a week off here from the grenade it was unforeseeable when it happened uh, but i tried to get everything recorded in one show short we did get the regional wrestling show off of course the wrestling stoop with bob root but unfortunately just didn't have the time to get the grenade in heading into the holidays. Had to spend that time with the family, guys. I do apologize, but we are back here for 2024. And of course, as always, I am your host, Ray Russell. And last time out, we covered the 1988 Royal Rumble event, which aired Sunday evening, January 24th, 1988. And this week, we'll look at all of the TV from that weekend of the Rumble, January 23rd TV and forward, and the following weekend. January 30th through the February 1st edition of Primetime Wrestling. But before we get going, just a friendly reminder that you guys can listen to the Wrestling Memory Grenade and our sister shows, like the Regional Wrestling Podcast, where we talk the territories, now covering three projects on Regional Wrestling, including 1981 in Georgia with Jamie Ward, 1986 in the UWF with Roman Gomez, and now we can add Memphis 1985 with guests like Steve Crawford, and more recently, Gene Jackson joining the show there as well. Of course, you can also give a listen to the Wrestling Stoop podcast with the legend himself, Bob Roop. So many great stories Bob has to share from throughout his career, both in the ring as well as behind the scenes. Also, big shout out to Luke Jennings out there in the UK as he hosts the Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast, the UK's number one and only Memphis wrestling-related podcast, currently covering 1984 in the CWA jerry jarrett promotions check luke out you can listen to all of those shows and more good stuff coming soon to the network guys so stay tuned for that you can listen to all of those shows and more as part of the wrestlecopia podcast network located over at wrestlecopia.com that's wrestlecopia.com and anywhere your podcast streaming needs are met from apple to spotify pocket cast and beyond also, you can follow me on social media, guys, for all the latest goings on here at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network, and I'm also constantly adding old-school video clips and pictures from throughout wrestling history. You can follow me on social media by heading over to X, formerly Twitter. You can find me there at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-E-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, follow and like me, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you subscribe to my YouTube channel, guys? YouTube.com slash wrestling grenade where i try and upload footage each and every week and of course now would be a tremendous time to become a wrestlecopia patron really taken off there talking about that five dollar all access tier and you can find me over there at patreon.com slash wrestlecopia that address again patreon.com slash wrestlecopia yes indeed the five dollar all access tier gonna get you all sorts of gifts including 
my insanely detailed book-like show notes, talking pages and pages of show notes for every episode of The Grenade Show, Monday Warfare, and the Regional Wrestling Podcast. You'll also get early access to me, the podcast here on WrestleCopia, where you can listen days and sometimes as much as a week earlier than the rest of the listeners. You'll also get remastered versions of the earliest episodes of The Grenade Show covering the 1989 NWA project. Includes enhanced sound quality, plus new content and conversation never heard before. But that's still not all. You also get digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure. And of course, our Patreon-exclusive watch-along series covering many past WWF and WCW events. And you get all of that for the low, low price of just $5. No subscription. Cancel anytime. Show your support. Give it a try for a month. I think you guys will like the content that I offer, and every penny of it goes right back here into paying the bills to keep the WrestleCopia Podcast Network and all of the wonderful shows here up and running for the months and the years to come. All right, guys, new year, but we're still in 1988 here on The Grenade as we head back now to the January 23rd edition of the Superstars of Wrestling. Here we are, Superstars of Wrestling, January the 23rd, tape back January 5th, Huntsville, Alabama, at the Von Braun Civic Center. On commentary, it's Vince McMahon, Jesse, the Body Ventura, and the living legend, Bruno Sammartino, as we head off to the ring to see the macho man, Randy Savage, with the lovely Miss Elizabeth, taking on Barry Horowitz. Little pat on the back there. Vince salivating over Elizabeth here on commentary right from the get-go. And she is in a gorgeous white dress, I may add. As Jesse Ventura suggests that maybe McMahon... Go find himself a playboy. I wrote, wow. As we get an insert promo here before the matchup from Peggy Sue in her total Sherry voice, not even trying to disguise it here. Peggy Sue warning Elizabeth to stay away from her man, the honky tonk man, or she'll rip her hair out. And uh, this should be a fun matchup here. Horowitz versus Savage is Barry bumping like a champion for the macho man. All of his usual spots here, the running neck snap over the top rope. Double axe handle off the top in the ring and one on the floor. And Savage showing added aggression this week, pulling Barry up after a pair of two counts before dropping the big flying elbow and scoring the win with a foot on the chest of Mr. Horowitz. The Macho Man going to get the win two minutes and 31 seconds and a fun showcase for Randy Savage headed into his IC title rematch with the Honky Tonk Man on NBC. But more on that later, guys. Is Up next, it's Update with Craig DeGeorge as he has an update on Matilda. The Wonder Dog, pal. From the pages of the World Wrestling Federation magazine, here's Update with Craig DeGeorge. Hi again, everyone. The search for the British Bulldogs mascot, Matilda, is over. The Islanders are reinstated, and indeed, neither tag team will be on one another's Christmas card list next year. Bad feelings remain as the scenario regarding what happened is still a bit cloudy. Let's take this from the top. About a month ago, the Islanders took Matilda from the ring. The whereabouts of the 65-pound Bulldog were unknown, and WWF President Jack Tunney suspended the Islanders indefinitely until the dog turned up. 
But last week, manager Bobby DeBrain Heenan told us that Mr. Tunney had lifted the suspension, thus indicating that Matilda had been found. A bulldog is now recuperating in an animal hospital. More on that in one moment. First, update asked Heenan and his Islanders if they feel any remorse over what's happened. <laughs> Do we feel responsible for her condition? Any remorse? I could care less about that miserable month. We could care less about her condition. If she has fleas, ticks, worms, walks with a limp, it doesn't matter to me. I suggest you do one thing. Take that miserable month for a long, long walk and a short pair. <laughs> I'm not even going to comment on that. The British Bulldogs have visited Matilda. Here's an update on her condition. All you people that want to know the condition of Matilda, well, she has lost a lot of weight. She won't eat. She's terrified if people go towards her. The only time she comes around and wags her tail is when myself and David Boy are with her together in the same room. And she's not the same dog. We love that dog very much. And the people responsible, who are the Islanders, are going to pay for it. All right, a special address has been set up, by the way, for those of you who would like to pass along your best to the Bulldogs mascot. You can send your letters and postcards to this address. Get well, Matilda, P.O. Box 3858. Stamford, Connecticut, 06905. Get Well, Matilda, P.O. Box 3858, Stamford, Connecticut. Use the zip codes 06905. With update, I'm Craig DeJoy. So we learned that Matilda is not eating well. She's just not the same. And we begin the Get Well, Matilda campaign. So send in those addresses, guys. I mean, those well wishes. Yeah, that's the ticket. You know, wait a minute now. Getting back to this Matilda situation. Yeah. What is this get well Matilda cards? I mean, you're telling me that... If you didn't get the address, it's P.O. Box 3858 in Stamford, Connecticut. Now, do you really believe idiots are going to send cards to a dog? What, do they think the dog can read? Well, listen, I wouldn't be surprised if Dynamite and David Boy don't read the cards and letters to Matilda. I'm surprised Matilda don't read them to Dynamite and Davey. I think that might be a better perspective. And we get some funny banter there between Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura. Vince assumes the Bulldogs are reading the cards and letters to Matilda, but Jesse thinks it's the other way around. It's Matilda having to read the letters to the British Bulldogs. And you've got to laugh at that one as uh, we head back to the ring for the Slickster, leading his men into the ring of the Natural Butch Reed and the One Man Gang. Tag team action against the team of Rick Hunter and W.D. Wellington. And W.D., he worked as Wellington Wilkins just a TV taping ago. And how can you forget that haircut? As we get an insert promo here from the Rock Don Morocco talking the gang, he says the One Man Gang, he may be big. And Butch Reed, he may be bad. But you know the old saying, guys, the bigger you are, the harder you fall. Now, you can't really get sympathy for Don Morocco, who has hoses bigger than some of the job guys here in the WWF, as the grizzled veteran Rick Hunter in the ring first here, but disposed of quickly and tossed to his corner. Wellington then tags in as Butch Reed down, offering a knee for the gang to drop him on, but the gang uses his own knee instead. So Reed just kneeling there looking kind of stupid, but Butch Reed finally tagging back in, landing a press slam into a backbreaker on Wellington before the gang back in for the Master Blaster, the Gore Buster. Going to get the heel team to win in three minutes and one second. Impressive are the Slickster's men here this week as we go off now to a promo with Mean Gene Oakland standing by with manager Oliver Humperdink and Bam Bam Bigelow talking all about the Royal Rumble. 
All right, hi, get everybody this Sunday night from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and the fabulous Cops Coliseum. First time ever spectacular known as a Royal Rumble. 20 men are going to be involved with this spectacular. The details, I'll tell you what, quite exciting. 20 numbers are going to be put in the hat just prior to the competition back in the locker room area. Each one of the participants will draw out a number. You start with numbers one and two. Every two minutes thereafter, a number, a name. An individual will be added to the competition. In addition, Ricky the Dragon, Steve to meet Ravishing Rick Rude. Two out of three falls tag team action. The Young Stallions, Paul Roma and Jimmy Powers, will be going against the Islanders, Haku and Tama. They just last week reinstated by the World Wrestling Federation for some shenanigans that they tried to pull the latter part of last year along with their manager, Bobby the Brain Heenan. By the way, as part of this spectacular, Dino Bravo will attempt to set a new world record in the bench press. I believe the current record is somewhere around 705 pounds. I cannot imagine a man bench pressing anything over that, that phenomenal amount. That is heavy, <laughs> if you get what I mean. Come on in, Oliver Humperdinck. Your man, Pam Pam Bigelow, is going to be involved in this Royal Rumble. I have never seen or heard of anything quite so exciting this Sunday night. I wouldn't miss this one for the world. You know, it's going to be a big, big night in wrestling, that's for sure, Gene. The biggest thing I've ever been involved with. And, brother man, I've got Bam Bam Bigelow ready to go, ready to win that Russell Rumble. And it doesn't matter where we come in. When we come in, brother, it's going to be all over because the man of flames and fire is ready. And when he's ready, there's nothing he can't do, and he knows that too. All right, we call it a, a Royal Rumble officially. Many people have called it many different confusing. things. It is a little confusing. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be too confusing, bam, bam, once you set your feet in that ring because it's going to get down to just pure wrestling knowledge. Oh, wrestling ain't the word. You know, they named it right. It's a rumble. You don't know if you're going to be first. You don't know if you're going to be last. But whenever you get in there, you got to fight long, strong, and hard. And I hope I'm first, because I know I'm going to be last. All right, you know this kind of competition, Oliver, is going to run at least an hour. It could run all night long. It might go all night long. It might go till the cows come home, but it doesn't matter when it's all over. This is the man you're going to be looking at. Bam, all right. bam, big one. Last one out of the cops' coliseum. Turn off the lights. This Sunday night, first time ever, it's a Royal Rumble. All right, guys, and for this week's TV, you're going to hear a lot of Rumble promos because... This is actually the weekend the Rumble aired. Of course, if you guys want to hear all about it, go back one episode to 112. We cover the entire event, the Royal Rumble, in its entirety. But Bammer here is saying he doesn't care if he draws the number one because he will be there at the end no matter what number he draws. And that does seem likely so, had he made it to the event. What could have been, Bam Bam? What could have been? As we head off now, tag team action once again. This time, it's the babyface team of Ken Patera and Billy Jack Haynes taking on Iron Mike Sharp. And Joe Murdo, as we get an insert promo right out of the gate from Demolition, Axe and Smash. They say 1988 is the year of Demolition, and 89, and even some of 90. But they plan to rid the WWF of both of these Oregonians, and Haynes already gone by the time this airs, guys, so the demos feud with the Oregon Express here, already over. We've talked about Haynes and Sharp's incident in the past, the shoot fight, the literal fight they had in the, the locker room. But it was a one-off. The two men professionals here, or at least as professional as Haynes can be, as Haynes gets the better of Iron Mike and a dropkick sends Sharp back into his corner to tag in Joe Murdo as the baby faces then dominate Murdo until Haynes locks in that full Nelson getting the submission win, three minutes and eight seconds. So Billy Jack finishing up his TV appearances here, and this may have been his final TV taping, if I remember correctly, but we'll have to wait and see what this means for the Olympian Ken Patera moving forward as he loses his tag team partner 
Billy Jack Kane's gone from the company. But right now, once again, another promo lined up. Mean Gene Oakland standing by with The Rock, Don Morocco. All right, this Sunday night, get ready from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Cops Coliseum, first time ever. 20 men are going to be involved in a very unique Royal Rumble. I want to bring in the great one from Sunset Beach, Hawaii. Guy that's done a lot of surfing in his life and a lot of wrestling. The magnificent Morocco. Have you ever seen anything quite so unique as a Royal Rumble? Royal Rumble. Two guys start every two minutes. Somebody else comes down. Wrestlers from all over the world. The best. 20 of the best. Myself included. You know, the luck of the draw, and this has been pointed out before, very important. Because just prior to the competition, all of the participants are going to be drawing their numbers out of the hat. Start with number one and two, three, four, five. Right on up to 20, added every two minutes thereafter. You know, it, it, could be, it could be tragedy. Somebody like One Man Gang or Bam Bam Bigelow, some, one of those great big men like that, could, could be a number 20 and come just easing down when everybody's nice and tired. Use their strength, throw, throw everybody around. Or Danny Davis. Danny Davis could be yeah. coming number 20, a little weasel like that, and nobody knows what can happen. You, you know, you talk about the advantage that tag teams have in an event like a battle royal. That's not the case here because let's take, for instance, the Killer Bees. B. Brian Blair could draw number one. Jim Brunzel could draw number 16. Yeah, and just hope and hang on and pray that something happens. But then then again, you wonder, that will, is the tag team going to matter? Are the hearts going to stick together if all that money's up? Will Bret Hart back up Jim Knight? They're the last two in the ring. What about the Bolsheviks? There's a tag what team about that the they don't even trust each other. I would, would you trust them? Look at the head on one. One guy's been in the area just a couple months. He's got a big head already. Nikolai Volkov, just air going between his ears. It's, it's unreal. And uh, just the competition, I can't believe Hacksaw Jim. Is he going to bring that 2 by 4 Well, I'll tell you How about JYD? Is he going to have that chain? Chain? It's a very important question. It. What about Sam Houston and his Spurs? Hmm. I heard the... Uh, wow, we don't want to no. really get into that. Ultimate Warrior. Great. Oh, I'll tell you these He's, names. Here, there's a guy in physical shape. He could last. He could go in real early, and he could stay to the end. Tremendous He's got, endurance. He's got the strength. He's got the shape. He's got the conditioning. The king. Never, never... never. Underestimate. Underestimate the king. Royal Rumble, see you there, BG. All right, I would not miss this one for the world, ladies and gentlemen. 20 men involved in a tremendous, spectacular, very unique competition. A Royal Rumble this Sunday night. So Morocco hard-selling the Royal Rumble match, and he does a great job for a match that he's never seen before. Selling it like, will the Hart Foundation stick together? Partners drawing the numbers? Where will they wind up in the matchup? Maybe one draws number three, one draws number 12. You have to hang in there in order to team up with your partner. So lots of dynamics to this thing. And a good job, Don, though he did seem a little bit wired, if you know what I mean. As it's back to the ring, six-man tag team action here this week involving the Hart Foundation, Brett the Hitman Hart, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, teaming with Dangerous Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart in their corner. They're going to take on the trio of Van Van Horn, Rex King, and Sam Houston. Houston stuck out here with a couple of prelim bums as Houston gets a ring entrance strictly to do his silly dance so Vince McMahon can shout yeehaw on commentary. I knew this was a Vince gimmick, pal. As uh, Davis and Houston going to start the matchup off, of course, they've been feuding. Sambo going to cartwheel around a backdrop attempt from Danny and dropkicks Davis on the other side. And then Rex King's turn as he tags in. And the heels immediately take over, Neidhart mauling Rex King, driving him with a power slam into the corner buckle before the hitman picks him apart with a backbreaker and a pile driver. Then Davis back in the ring, but misses an elbow, allowing Rex King to make the hot tag back to Sam Houston. So Houston in, cleaning Danny's clock, knocking the Hart Foundation off the apron. 
but Jimmy Hart up to distract the referee, allowing the hitman to trip up Houston from the floor. And then, with the job guys now trying to get in the ring to aid Sam Houston, it distracts the official as the anvil hops in the ring, scooping Houston up in a bear hug as Brett running across the apron and they deliver the heart attack from the apron, guys. Of course, all of this goes on behind the referee's back. Down goes Houston. Danny Davis climbing on top, making the cover, and he's going to steal the win here. In two minutes and 55 seconds, I wrote, wow, even with those partners, Sam Houston, the one doing the job. But I suppose it continues the Houston-Davis feud for the house shows. But great spot with the Hart Foundation there. A heart attack from the apron. Never seen that before. Or again. It's up next on the program. It's a clip from Saturday night's main event earlier here this month. Greg Valentine trying to injure the leg of Coco Beware with that figure four leg lock when it's Brutus Beefcake out to make the save, even clipping a little hair off of the head of the manager, Jimmy Hart. So that feud also continues as we head off now. Another interview, this time a special interview up on the platform. Craig DeGeorge standing by with the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, his bodyguard Virgil, and the eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant. You people didn't believe me. You didn't believe me back. Back then when I had you down on your hands and knees, kissing my feet. Back when I had you bouncing basketballs and doing push-ups and barking like a dog. And I told each and every one of you that you all had a price for the million dollar man. You didn't believe me when I said that I would buy the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight title. That even, yes, even Hulk Hogan had a price for the Million Dollar Man. And then, when Hulk Hogan was a fool and refused me, you laughed and said it was all over. That I had failed. The Million Dollar Man always gets what he wants. And I did the next best thing, Hogan. It's even better. I went out and I bought the eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant. I bought him. And on Friday, February the 5th, I will have what I want because this man right here is my answer to you, Hogan. This man, Andre the Giant, will beat Hulk Hogan on Friday, February the 5th. And the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight title will be mine. All right, Mr. DiBiase, if we could get Andre the Giant's thoughts on this matchup against Hulk Hogan on February 5th. I'm going to tell you one thing when Ted DiBiase come to me. And he asked me, Andre, I want the world championship belt. The only thing I want, first give me the money, and then I'll make sure I get in the ring against Hogan. And I started already, Hogan. This time, Hogan, I will squeeze and squeeze and squeeze. All right, thank because you. Because nobody gonna come in the ring to save you, Hogan. I will squeeze and tell the belt. Well, they not mine, because when I will grab that belt, I will turn around and I will deliver the world championship belt to you. <laughs> and it's been pleasure. Did you hear that, Hogan? That's right, it's going to be right here. It's going to be in my hands. It's going to be mine. And then what about all that stubborn pride, Hogan? All those little hulksters out there that you're trying to be so up high and mighty and proud for where are they going to be when the belt's gone where are they going to be when the money's gone and you're over the hill are they going to send you a check no hogan all they can do is pat you on the back and say tough luck big fella 
I will be the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion. <laughs> well, the people didn't believe DiBiase when he was buying people off to do silly things like bark like a dog or bounce basketballs. They didn't believe he could buy the WWF title. The people even laughed when Hogan told him no. But DiBiase says he gets what he wants, and this way is even better. Andre will get him the title on February the 5th. Is Andre then reassuring DiBiase that when he wins the title belt, he will then turn and hand it to the Million Dollar Man. What a sight that would be. And these promises, they were huge growing up when you heard this on TV. You worried. Could this really happen? Could this come to fruition? We won't have to wait long to find out. As we head back to the ring for Ho! Hacksaw Jim Duggan taking on Steve Lombardi here. Lombardi with a cheap shot early on during a clean break, but Duggan going to dominate from there, landing the old glory knee drop, a big slam, setting him up for the three-point stance and clothesline, giving Hacksaw the easy win, two minutes and nine seconds, as Duggan continues his winning ways into the new year here of 1988. Also on the show, we get a Bad News Brown promo, as he assures us beer-bellied sharecroppers that there's no more good news, only bad news. From there, it's a reminder to send in those well wishes to Get Well Matilda. The P.O. Box once again shown on your screen. Vince really needs your address, guys. Got to get the jump start on Christmas 88. Then it's back to the ring for even more six-man tag team action. We'll talk about loading the show this week with wrestlers. All these tag team and six-man matches. The Heenan family out now, ravishing Rick Rude, the mighty Hercules, and the king Harley Race, of course, accompanied by... Bobby the Brain Heenan, they're going to take on the trio of Jerry Allen, Scott Casey, and leaping Lanny Poffo. And given Rick Rude's recent push, I'm a little surprised they actually enter to the King's music here. But then again, race entering to stripper music doesn't really work for me either, pal. But I got to say, quite the babyface trio of enhancement talent here. You got Jerry Allen, Scott Casey, Lanny Poffo, all good for who they were. And Vince announcing that February 5, the special event will have no less than three WWF title matches, pal. So more to come on that, guys, very shortly. As the heel's going to work over Scott Casey to get started here, the King landing a vertical suplex before Casey able to finally tag out to Jerry Allen. And Allen comes running right in to a Harley race belly-to-belly, followed by a Rick Root snap suplex and Hercules launching Allen into his corner to tag in Lanny Poffo, who gets more of the same. And eventually, Allen going to tag back into the matchup as Hercules locking on that torture rack, the backbreaker over the shoulder backbreaker, the human torture rack known uh, by Lex Luger right here on Jerry Allen going to get the submission win two minutes and 25 seconds. So Hercules going to get the win as he moves away from the full Nelson and back to that torture rack submission. Very cool there. And it's good to see Hercules picking up a win. We haven't seen Hercules do a lot of anything in the recent months, but that's going to change here very shortly. As we head off now, one final promo here on Superstars this week. Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the king, Harley Race. All right, this coming Sunday night in a tremendous World Wrestling Federation spectacular originating from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada in the Cops Coliseum. First time ever, a Royal Rumble. 20 men are going to be involved in this very unique competition, plus a whole lot more. Ricky, the Dragon Steamboat to meet Ravishing Rick Rude. The Young Stallions, two out of three falls, will be going against the Islanders, Haku and Tama. And the ladies, tag team champions, have a title defense. The Glamour Girls are going to be challenged by the Jumping Bomb Angels. By the way, also, as part of this historic Sunday night, Dino Bravo 
will attempt to set a new record for the bench press. The world mark, I think right now, at about 705 pounds. They tell me Bravo is going to try to bench press 712 pounds. Unbelievable. Come on in. King Harley Race in the Royal Rumble. You're going to be involved along with 20 other men. And, of course, as you know, just prior to the competition, back in the locker room area, 20 numbers are going to be drawn from a hat. I told you already, Mr. Oakland, yeah. that number 20 is locked up, didn't You've I? got the, the lock of the week, number 20. That's right. When I walk to the ring, if there should be 19 left, then it'll have to be 19 that I beat. But the odds are that there won't be too many left by the time I hit the ring. And when I hit the ring, buddy, I'm coming prepared to beat any human being that's in there. I don't care who it is, period. The king is going to win this one because it's designed for me. What's the name of it? It, it is called a uh, Royal Rumble. Now, they start with numbers one and two, and then every two minutes thereafter, another man will be added to the competition. Three, four, progressively. And you say you've got a lock on number 20. That means you're going to come in there fresh as a daisy. Fresh as a daisy and dead last. There's going to be some people in there that's been there a very long time. I like the odds. Heenan always seems to get what the king wants. And what he's not capable of getting, I just take it anyhow. All right, this Sunday night from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, first time ever, a spectacular Royal Rumble. So a little more Rumble talk heading into the Sunday night big event. The King believes that he's going to draw number 20 and win it all. Quite a royal proclamation for the Royal Rumble there by Harley Race. Of course, we know Hacksaw Duggan going to come out the winner there. So it doesn't work out for the King. As Superstars concludes, and they spread the hype here this week all around, we get insert promos focusing on the weekend Royal Rumble. On commentary, it was all about the February 5th main event show. Of course, also Matilda and the ongoing feud between Randy Savage and Honky. Also, Danny Davis and Houston getting worked in here this week as well. As we roll on now to Wrestling Challenge for January the 24th. Away we go. Wrestling Challenge, January 24th. Tape back January 6th. Nashville, Tennessee at the Municipal Auditorium. It's Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon on commentary as we head off to the ring to see the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. It's the Honky Tonk Man with Peggy Sue and Jimmy Hart by his side. He's taking on Jerry Allen. And right away, we see Honky and Peggy Sue dancing in the ring. From there, we get a shot of Jimmy Hart and his megaphone. Then. We conveniently pan out to the front row as a half dozen kids ranging in all ages, all holding a cheap plastic mini WWF megaphone, if you will. They're trying to shill that right now really hard on television by the merch guys. But seriously, you guys could actually just go home and cut a hole in the bottom of a styrofoam cup. Same thing. I should also point out these kids all standing in a row, the front row at that, all with these toys, all with these megaphones. And it appears nobody else 
and the entire audience holding one of these things. So it's safe to say they handed these out as a way to advertise. Shameless, Vince. As we get an insert promo here from the lovely Elizabeth responding to Peggy Sue's accusations of Liz wanting the honky-tonk man. Elizabeth reassuring us all that Peggy has nothing to worry about. Ooh, slammer. Finally, the action going to begin here as Honky Tonk Man maintains control for the majority of the match. We get the Cousin Lawler fist drop off the middle rope as the match then going to spill out to the floor briefly before back inside Honky. Going to put Allen away with the shake, rattle, and roll neckbreaker. I see champion scoring the win 2 minutes, 43 seconds in post-match. Honky going to thank the beautiful audience here in Nashville, the home of country music. Honky Tonk Man going to sing for the crowd as Peggy Sue does a little more dancing. As we head off now to special report, it's a replay of the update with Craig DeGeorge talking about Matilda. So we go back to the ring for the Tag Team Champion Strike Force, taking on Dave Wagner and Tiger Chung Lee. And how about that? We just saw the IC champ. And now it's the Tag Team Champions turn to shine here this week. We get an insert promo right out of the gate from, oh shit, Demolition. Axe and Smash warning the Tag Team Champions they can no longer run. It's only a matter of time before Demolition get their hands on Strike Force. As the match goes on, we see Strike Force well in control throughout the matchup here. Martel looking great as usual, dumping Tiger Chung Lee out to the floor with a backdrop before Tito Santana nailing Wagner with that flying forearm. Going to get the Strike Force the win, 3 minutes and 14 seconds. As we head off now to Mean Gene Oakland, standing by with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. All right, hi again, everybody. This Sunday night from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and the Cops Coliseum, a phenomenal first-time-ever spectacular known as a Royal Rumble. 20 of the greatest here in the World Wrestling Federation will be involved in this gigantic spectacular. So many other things are going to be happening around the Royal Rumble. Ricky Steamboat is going to clash, meet with Ravishing Rick Rude. Young Stallions are going to be going against the Islanders two out of three falls in tag team action. And the ladies' tag team champions, Jimmy Hart, Colonel Jimmy Hart's Glamour Girls, are going to be facing Japan's Jumping Bomb Angels. In addition, get this, Dino Bravo, the former Canadian heavyweight champ, and there's no question of a doubt that he is one of the strongest men of the World Wrestling Federation, Dino Bravo will attempt to set a new record in the bench press, a new world record. Current record is 705 pounds. That's just thinking of that, that much weight. It's very tough to believe. But Dino Bravo right now benching around 700 pounds. Hey, thumbs up. Come on in, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. First of all, congratulations on the undefeated season of your alma mater, SMU. SMU Mustangs. They went, uh, what, I think it was 12-0, but the UP forgot to put them in the, up on the number one spot where they belong. Actually, Hacksaw, they didn't play this year, but you're going to be didn't? playing. No. This Sunday night, you're going to be one of 20 men involved in a Royal Rumble. What do you make of this? Well, you got to keep your composure. You can't get too excited. You can't want to be at number one or number two or number three or number four. You want to be in the later numbers. You got to lay back a little there. bit. Then you got to use some strategy. You got to figure out what to do. So what old Hacksaw likes to do, I like to find me a corner, get myself back in the corner where I can see where they're coming from. That way I start throwing out live rounds that anybody gets within range. I don't have to distinguish between friend or foe because everybody out there is out for a piece of Hacksaw. You know, oh, you know who else? <laughs> going to be in this competition, don't you? I know who's going to be there. The king, king, baby. So the only time you're going to see Hacksaw Jim Duggan get out of that corner or that one is when the king's got his back to me. Or oh, I don't know. I might let him turn around and look at me because then I'm going to stop right down into his 
face, tough guy. Oh, a very good Sunday night. Get ready. A spectacular Royal Rumble. And there it was. We hear from the winner, the upcoming winner of the Royal Rumble match. Hacksaw just hours away here. And he's also going to continue his feud for now with the King, Harley Race. Also, during this episode of Challenge, we get a quick promo from Bam Bam Bigelow, who seems to be sporting a shiner. A little bit of a black eye there, Bam Bam. But Bigelow claims that 1988 will be the year of Bam Bam. What could have been, guys? As we head back to the ring for the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, Virgil in his corner, taking on David Studemeyer. And this one gets interesting real fast. As Studemeyer catching DiBiase off guard, drop kicking him in the back, sending DiBiase into Virgil, and money goes flying all over the ring. But this only pisses Teddy off as he attacks his opponent, Studemeyer, picking him apart, tossing him outside of the floor, and ordering Virgil to pick up the money. And after body slamming Studemeyer on the outside, back in the ring, DiBiase pounding away, landing his patented power slam before the falling back elbow off the middle rope, giving the Million Dollar Man the win, 2 minutes and 10 seconds. And I noticed here during this matchup on commentary, Vince McMahon now even has Bobby Heenan saying, February 5. It's good shit, pal. And up next here on Challenge, another soundbite ready for you guys as we head off now to hear from the macho man, Randy Savage. Happy New Year, everyone. My next guest, well, we're all wishing him a happy year. Toward the end of 1987, some wacky things happened. You remember the honky-tonk man on national television, what he did to my guest manager. You remember many things in 1987, and I think some of those are really going to spur on my guest's 1988 year. Randy Macho Man Savage looking forward to a bigger, a better, and a revengeful 1988. Vindictive emotion, yeah. Vengeance is mine, say it the Macho Man Randy Savage. Vengeance is mine, pointing my finger at you, honky-tonk man, yeah. The man that plays the real bad music, yeah. I ain't putting you over for nothing, yeah. Because I'm thinking, yeah, that your confidence is at an all-time high when it should be at an all-time low because uh, you're looking right into the middle, right into the exact center, yeah of the danger zone yeah i'm talking the danger zone and i'm talking macho madness style and i'm talking that i'm concentrating yeah i'm concentrating right now i'm concentrating right now on you honky-tonk man yeah jimmy the mouth of the south heart yeah if you're thinking that you got yourself a prize right there i'm thinking that you're wrong i'm thinking that you're thinking wrong and i'm thinking to expect the unexpected yeah, I'm thinking that the World Wrestling Federation has seen nothing like what I'm going to do to the honky-tonk man when I get my hands on him talking about the title. The title will fall, but you and your personality, yeah, it's going to fall even faster than the title. You have some big plans, I think, planned for yourself and him, it sounds like. My plan is no plan. <laughs> I'm going to be the human torpedo in the vengeance the vengeance that I have, the vindictive emotion, yeah. Vengeance is mine, say it to Macho Man Randy Savage. Vengeance is mine. I'm going to be the human torpedo, yeah. And I'm going to zero in on you, honky tonk man, yeah. Bang, bang. I got you. I got you. You're in my scope. It yeah. is time, I think, to take care of business. Some have said you've taken a while on that, Randy Macho Man Savage. I know you are not planning to take too much longer. TCB, take care of business. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, thank you very uh-huh. much. It's a new year, and the Macho Man got a TCB. Take care of business. Uh-huh. 
business being the Intercontinental Champion, Honky Tonk Man. From there, we get a replay of the recent Bad News Brown promo. Then it's back to the ring for Brutus the Barber Beefcake, taking on Dusty Wolf. As the barber out with his hedge clippers and his mini out-shout-the-mouth megaphone in hand, we see an insert promo here from Jimmy Hart who wants to ban the barber and his scissors. Ban the barber. Hmm. Because ban the DDT got over so well. And the sleeper hold here going to do it really quickly on Dusty Wolf, giving the barber the win two minutes and four seconds. And a little trim here for Wolf as well. Actually, more than a trim. Beefer goes nuts on Dusty's hair here. And Bobby going to leave the announce desk for an upcoming matchup. But right now, we're off to a special interview. Up on the platform with Craig DeGeorge this time, he interviews the outlaw, Ron Bass. And of course, he doesn't come alone. Nope, he has Miss Betsy along his side. As the outlaw assures us, he is the baddest man here in the WWF. Bass then turning his attention to Miss Betsy, showing Craig DeGeorge what the bullwhip is good for. As he begins to wrap Miss Betsy around Craig's neck, begins to choke Craig down to his knees. Bass warns that the same thing will happen to any man that he wraps that rope around. They would pass out at the hands of the outlaw, naming everybody from Hulk Hogan to Ricky Steamboat here. Bass then jerking DeGeorge back up to his feet, releasing the stranglehold as the outlaw going to put everyone on notice in the World Wrestling Federation. And honestly, very aggressive and viable promo here. Really wasn't bad. We'll have to wait for the follow-up, I guess. As up next, some fans pick the winner of the upcoming Hogan and Andre 2 matchup. And surprisingly, some fans do actually pick Andre the Giant, which makes sense. When you want to sell a big matchup, keep the odds even to make the match feel even bigger. As we go back to the ring for more tag team action, remember Bobby Heenan left the commentary area? Well, it's to join his Islanders ringside, Haku and Tama, taking on Brady Boone and Eric Cooper. And Bobby Heenan with that invisible dog leash here again this week to taunt the British Bulldogs. Is Tama absolutely impressive in this matchup to kick it off, getting better each and every week. Uh, Haku in next takes both job guys out with a double clothesline. And then Haku launching Cooper with a double underhook suplex. Finally, it's Cooper reversing an Irish whip into the corner on Haku. But as Cooper rushes in, he runs right into a Haku thrust kick, like running into a brick wall attached to Haku's foot. And that alone should have done it here, but nope, it's time to tag in Tama, who lands a ridiculously high, I'm not even going to try to guess how many feet in the air he got, but a insanely high diving splash off the top rope. Going to give the Islanders the win, 2 minutes and 50 seconds. From there, even more fans making their choices in the rematch. Hulk and Andre, who will win? We'll find out in less than a week. Then it's back to the ring for even more action. Rock Don Morocco taking on Iron Mike Sharp as Morocco and his hoses trade shots with Iron Mike early on until Sharp clocked hard and sent out to the floor. But Iron Mike back inside, missing a clothesline. The Rock with a trifecta of drop kicks and a very dangerous tombstone on a guy Iron Mike's size, but with the roids Don is on right now, he doesn't even flinch at the size of Iron Mike, landing the tombstone pile driver and picking up the win. Two minutes and 46 seconds. More action back-to-back -back here. Up next, W.D. Wellington in the ring, ready to take on Dino Bravo with manager Frenchie Martin. And remember, it's Royal Rumble weekend, so the announcer's still selling here the upcoming bench press record attempt. Gorilla Monsoon claiming that it would break Ted Arcidi's record there. And of course, Arcidi, a former WWF wrestler as well. And I use the term wrestler loosely. 
as we get an insert promo from Frenchie Martin, promising more of the same, I think. Of course, as we know, covering the Royal Rumble, the entire segment, a fart in church. But in the ring here this week, it's Dino Bravo landing his patented side suplex, going to score the win in 1 minute and 40 seconds. Man, if only his Rumble segment lasted that long. A minute 40, Dino. Let's keep it short. As we head off now, closing out Wrestling Challenge, one more promo this week means Gene Oakland standing by with the Doctor of Style Slick and his one-man gang. This Sunday night, there's going to be a ton of action originating from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. From the fabulous Cops Coliseum, I understand that facility can hold something like 24, 25,000 people. It's phenomenal. They play a lot of hockey there. Anyway, it's going to be called a Royal Rumble. 20 men are going to be involved in this first ever spectacular. I'll tell you how it works. All 20 men have already signed contracts to appear in this Royal Rumble. Back in the locker room area, just moments before the event itself, 20 numbers are going to be placed in a hat. At that point in time, each participant in the Royal Rumble will come on. They pick out a number. The competition starts with numbers one and two. And every two minutes thereafter, another number, another man, another name is added to the competition. And progressively, we run up to number 20. Obviously, come on in, Dr. Style Slick. Welcome back to town, by the way. In this type of competition, it's to the advantage of a man to get one of the the higher numbers, like, say, 17, 18, 19, or 20. Wouldn't you agree? Exactly. exactly. You know, Gene, that's the reason why I respect you how much, in, in view of how much I dislike you, I do respect you because you got a brain on you. I can appreciate a man of intelligence. This is exactly what I've been telling the big man, the honorary Holmes. Holmes? That's right, because he knows how to shake hands. That's why you didn't try to shake my hand, because you remember I told you don't never try to shake my hand again. You told me to quit shaking hands Exactly, with you. because you want to do it the Caucasian way, and I can't take it. All right. Now, well, yeah, one-man gang is going to be in this Royal Rumble. I'd like to have you speculate on his chances of this big competition this Sunday night. You know what? If I were to just turn him loose and tell him to just go ahead and just, just feed everybody. Clean house? Yeah, but I can't do that. I got three other men in there. So all I want him to do is just beat up all the other uh, 16 people. And, and leave the Bolsheviks the and leave the natural butch read alone. That's right. And when it's all over, I'm going to climb in the ring and we all going to unite, baby. The victory is signed. And get a step in, Daddy. You respect me, Slick? Yeah, for your ability to think. Hmm. I like that a lot. This Sunday night, a big one. It's called a Royal Rumble. Yeah, the one-man gang's going to be part of it. Well, it was good to hear Gene getting the Royal Rumble name right, even if it was the weekend of. Slick refusing to shake hands with Gene the Caucasian way. Brother. Slick referring to gang as the honorary Holmes. But as you look around... Slick, he has four men in the Royal Rumble. The Bolsheviks, Butch Reed, and the one-man gang says they're all going to win it and split the money. And think about that for a minute. Four out of 20 of the wrestlers in that Royal Rumble match were managed by Slick. That's 20% of the field. Though the gang, he was runner-up. And that concludes Wrestling Challenge. And there's no primetime wrestling this week, guys, because we get a Royal Rumble replay instead. The Royal Rumble replay replacing prime time for the week of. So we head off to the following week. Superstars of Wrestling, January the 30th. The Von Braun Civic Center. Tape back January 5th there in Huntsville, Alabama. It's Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura, and Bruno San Martino here on commentary. As we head off to the ring for the Intercontinental Champion Hockey Tonk Man. 
accompanied to the ring by Jimmy Hart and Peggy Sue. Honky going to take on Omar Atlas this week as Jesse Ventura gives us a scoop here on commentary that apparently Mean Gene stuck around the Slammies long enough for Sika to shit out the winner of the Slammy Awards. And apparently it was indeed the Honky Tonk Man and Jesse Lee Ventura. Good to know their body. Uh, they've even got Bruno San Martino here putting over Honky's quote-unquote singing ability, but not his wrestling antics. We get an insert promo during this matchup from the Macho Man hyping his match against the Honky Tonk Man at the main event, and this is the first time they allude to it. So this is actually when the matchup is finally announced, less than a week to go before the show. And as the action gets going, Omar Atlas is going to get a moment to shine before he's cut off, and it's the shake, rattle, and roll neckbreaker giving Honky Tonk Man the win, two minutes and five seconds, and some more post-match fun with Honky and Peggy Sue here this week. And I wrote here in my notes, God, Sherry can make any role look good. As up next, it's Update with Craig DeGeorge talking all about the main event. Here's Update with Craig DeGeorge. Hello again, everyone. Friday night, this Friday night, live from Indianapolis, Indiana, you will have the opportunity to see one of the great cards in World Wrestling Federation history. Three titles on the line, live nationwide television, broadcast time, 8 p.m. Eastern. More now on the matches. Strike Force will defend its tag team championship against the former champs, the Hart Foundation. This, of course, a rematch from their bout in October about that saw the title change hands on a submission, a submission to this day Jim the Anvil Neidhart still denies. Also for the Intercontinental Championship, the Hunky Tonk Man defends against the Macho Man, Randy Savage. And when you think about the matchup, certainly that ugly sequence of events is brought to mind, referring, of course, to their last nationwide meeting. The Macho Man, of course, will have all the incentives in the world as he battles Hunky Tonk for the Intercontinental Crown Friday night. And, of course, also on tap, World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champ Hulk Hogan against 7'5", 525-pound Andre the Giant, their first battle since WrestleMania three. First matchup one-on-one, -on -one, that is, because, as you may recall, the Giant did manage to intervene in one of the Hulk's matches a few weeks ago. You know, there is another vital point here. That is Ted DiBiase's recent purchase of Andre the Giant's services which could result in the million-dollar man actually being handed the heavyweight championship should the Giant win. <laughs> this Friday night, this Friday night, Andre, it all comes to pass. Everything that I said would happen will happen. All of you people out there said that you didn't have a price for the million-dollar man. And then I showed you, each and every one of you, that you did indeed have a price for me. And oh, you, Hogan, you thought that you would be the exception to the rule. But no, I told you, by hook or by crook, I always get what I want. And I want the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight title right here. And this is the hook. This is the hook that's going to deliver it to me. Andre, tell him what you're going to do. Hulk Hogan, this Friday night, I just want to make this man happy. And I will do it, Hogan. I will grab you and finish it the squeeze I started. And then when I, get, when I will know is enough. I will pick up the belt and deliver the belt. <laughs> you see it, Hogan. You see it. It's mine. It's mine. <laughs> All right, this Friday night, this Friday night, three title matches live on nationwide television at 8 p.m. Eastern, including 
Hulk Hogan as he defends against Andre the Giant for the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship. Going to be something else. With Update, I'm Craig DeGeorge. All right, we hear from Ted DiBiase, Andre the Giant. We learned three world title matches will take place on February 5, NBC, just six days away. Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, a little bit ago, we learned it was Macho Man challenging the Honky Tonk Man and Strike Force going to defend their titles against the former champions, Heart Foundation. And I can't wait till we get there, guys. Is Vince McMahon going to do a voiceover here to tell us that WrestleMania 4 will take place at Trump Plaza? March 27th, and I do believe this is also the first mention of WrestleMania 4 on WWF TV as well, if I'm not mistaken, as we head back to the ring for the Ultimate Warrior, taking on Terry Gibbs. In recent weeks, they've been building towards that Warrior Rude feud here on commentary. But this week, we get an insert promo from another member of the Heenan family. It's the mighty Hercules instead, who essentially issues a challenge to Warrior Man if he has the guts. Is Gibbs going to jump the warrior here at the bell? But UW, he comes right back with a big clothesline. Then he tries to stun gun Gibbs across the top rope. But they completely miss the ropes. Warrior falling backwards. And Gibbs falls hard, face first into that bottom rope. I wrote, oof, that could have been very dangerous. Could have been a very bad outcome there. But the warrior going to continue on the offense, landing the big press slam and scoring the win in 1 minute and 18 seconds. As action continues on here on Superstars, Dino Bravo, Frenchie Martin is corner, taking on Special Delivery Jones. And noticeably, Dino now referred to as Canada's Strongest Man, though Jesse argues it should be the world's strongest man after the Royal Rumble. And once again, another Frenchie Martin insert promo this week. Once again, all in French as well, which is already getting old if, Vince thought this was going to get heat. It's getting all the wrong kind of heat. And not very flattering moves as Dino Bravo is quickly becoming completely immobile in the ring. SD Jones going to make a comeback here with a series of headbutts, scoring himself a two count, but Bravo right back on top, landing his side suplex and scoring the win in two minutes at 19 seconds. So at least they know Dino's abilities in the ring at this point, keeping the matches fairly short. As we head off now, it's yet another promo with Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase, Virgil, and, of course, Andre the Giant. All right, hi again, everybody. Virgil, come on in. Virgil, of course, is the... All right, hi again, everybody. Virgil, come on in. Virgil, of course, is the bodyguard for the million-dollar man. Wall Street is still rocking and reeling after the news that the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase made that big multi-million dollar transaction and acquired the services of Andre the Giant. You think that bothers me, don't you, Virgil? Your eyes are water in Oakland. Your mouth's drooling a little bit. I've got a head cold. Oh, yeah, you're no different than anybody else. You've got a price, and that money makes your head spin. But the only one it didn't seem to affect was you, Hogan. It didn't seem to affect you. All you've got is those Hulkamaniacs, all those little Hulksters out there. And that's all you're going to have, because this Friday night... February the 5th in Indianapolis, Indiana, mark it on your calendar. History is going to be made. The million-dollar man is going to collect on the biggest investment of his life. And, oh, yeah, you're going to say, don't count your chickens before they hatch, DBSE. I don't make bad investments, and I didn't become a wealthy man by making mistakes. Does this look like I made a mistake? No. This is a man that has promised, has promised to give me that belt, and he's got how many reasons, Andre? <laughs> Millions of reasons. <laughs> Sounds to me like it's a leveraged buyout, Andre. Oh, 
Hey, this is my business. I do what I want to do with my life, okay? Just like I said before, for years and years, I never want to become a champion. Last year, I changed my mind. And I've been cheated by the referee and Jack Tunney. But this time, Hulk Hogan, no way. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing, Hulk Hogan. I'm going to come in there to collect that money and squeeze and squeeze on you until I get that bell. And I will deliver this bell to my friend up there, Ted DiBiase. Hulk Hogan, you're going to remember that day. Because Ultramania is going to be over. It. it will be giant mania. <laughs> Hulk Hogan, look at that. How much How is there? How stupid you are, Hulk Hogan. How stupid you are. You're a double loser. You're going to lose your belt, and you're going to be broke. <laughs> and then all you're going to have left, all you're going to have left, Hogan, is all those little hulksters out there, and all they can give you is a little pat on the back and say, Christmas again. tough luck, big fella. We're going to find out Friday night. Stay tuned. We're right back. Andre stating that he knows exactly what he's doing. As Virgil hands him off, a big wad of cash there in that promo, Andre being bought off for the main event. Then from there, guys, we get another update on Matilda. Well, it's a shame we learn that Matilda, she isn't progressing as fast as the doctors would like. But every time the Bulldogs read her one of your cards, guys, she begins to wag her tail. So keep sending in those addresses, people. Uncle Vinny, he needs to send out those catalogs, pal. Ha-ha! <laughs> gotcha. Back to the ring from their tag team action with the Islanders, accompanied by Bobby Heenan, taking on the duo of Scott Casey and Leaping Lanny Poffo, and the Islanders petting that invisible dog leash pre-match is Lanny Poffo with a poem for us all, stating that Matilda is prettier than Haku and Tama. Is Scott Casey going to get the beat down early on? Lanny Poffo in gets more of the same. Lanny, though, runs right into a Haku thrust kick. And Tama, with the top rope splash on Leaping Lanny, payback's a bitch, Lanny. And I'm sure Bobby would say, so is Matilda. But Tama landing that big top rope splash on Leaping Lanny, going to score the Islanders the win, 2 minutes and 35 seconds. And I guess they already gave up on that Ron Bascott-Casey feud that they teased a little bit there a week or two ago. Probably for the best. As we head off now, Mean Gene Oakland standing by with Hacksaw, Jim Duggan. All right, stay tuned for more exciting World Wrestling Federation action right around the corner. We've got a couple more exciting bouts in the course of this hour, and I know that you will not want to miss it. So many things happening right now in the World Wrestling Federation. So much talk centering around the big match between Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. And they'll be talking about that one in weeks, months, and years to come. But there are, believe it or not, some other things happening in the World Wrestling Federation that deserve some conversation. From Glens Falls, New York, my guest, a former collegiate standout at SMU. He went on to play a lot of professional football, including a stint with the Atlanta Falcons in the National Football League, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen the level of competition that we see today here in the World Wrestling Federation in this or any other sport? You're not kidding. There's no days off. Every time you step in the ring, you got a top-grade opponent staring back at you. And also, a lot of times, Mean Gene, while you're looking at your opponent, you got to keep one eye over here because you never know where their manager's going to be. That's why wherever Hacksaw Jim Duggan goes... You know, if you didn't deal in specifics yet... Oh. Come in! No, no. I like that, Gene. You did not deal in specifics, but I am certain that you were making reference, alluding to 
one king Harley racing. You may call him a king, but I won't call him a king. I can't tell you folks on TV what I'd like to call him. Uh, 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 I'd get in trouble, Gene. Yeah. And of course, Hacksaw's not the kind of guy who gets in trouble. Oh, but let me tell you something, King Harley Race, or anybody else in the WWE. If you think you can sneak up behind Hacksaw Jim Duggan, you've got another thing coming. Because I got fooled one time. I got my hands on the weasel, pulled him up real close, and I told him what I thought of him. Kind of got carried away. But that's not going to happen again. I'm going to keep my eyes open. I'm going to be listening, and I'm going to be telling you, I'm going to get my hands on you. Can, well, I, ask, can I ask you a question, Hansel? Yeah. When you played football, did you go both ways? I certainly did, Gene, but that was a long, long time ago in a place far, far away. Oh! Here's one of the greats today in the World Wrestling Federation, ladies and gentlemen. So Duggan's still having his issues with the King Harley race. Not sure it's going to go on very much longer. As both men going to move on to do some other things here fairly shortly with the company. As we head back to the ring, oh, here we go, making his in-ring debut, or return for the Smarks out there. It's Bad News Brown taking on Brady Boone. And right away, we get an insert promo from Bad News, who talks being from the mean streets of Harlem. Says he learned the laws of the street. You take no prisoners and give no mercy. As back on commentary, Vince McMahon putting over Harlem as having beautiful scenery, pal, pointing out that his father, Vincent James McMahon, was born in Harlem. And interestingly, Brown straight off a lengthy run in the Stampede territory, recently having lots of matches with Owen Hart there, and Bad News still rocking white-trimmed boots, white-trimmed knee pads, and even white wrist tape. And it was just so weird for me to see him in that just too flashy for the loner heel. As the match goes on, Vince McMahon going to play ignorant to Brown's background, suggesting that he's heard that Bad News is a good wrestler. So ignoring his time here before, and even more so ignoring his Olympic judo past, which would have only made Brown even more legit here, but, but maybe in this era in Vince's mind, Olympians can't be heels, pal. Is Brown going to beat down Brady Boone here? Boone getting no offense in before Brown drives a clothesline straight through Brady Boone, right through his chest. Looked like a discus toss without the wind-up spin. Just sawed Brady Boone in half, and he picks up the win with the clothesline. One minute and 35 seconds. Now, post-match, Brown going to pitch Boone out of the ring like a sack of trash. And as for that clothesline finisher, not quite the ghetto blaster, but for a clothesline, it was believable. And the commentary certainly suggests here that bad news, he isn't just another name to fill out the card. They're going to do something with him in the future. As we roll on now to a special interview, Craig DeGeorge up on the platform with the WWF champion, Hulk Hogan. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest now at this time. He is the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion, Hulk Hogan. WrestleMania 3 this Friday night when you take on the eighth one of the world, Andre the Giant. Well, you know, when you really have time to think about this thing, when you think about it over and over, none of this stuff should come as a surprise to anybody. First off, if you know what I'm all about, if you know what Hulkamania is all about, the training, the prayers, the vitamins, you should have known that the Hulkster would never sell out, brother. As far as Andre the Giant goes, if you take a good long look at this thing, all the way back to WrestleMania 3, 
Y'all know that he had his price then, when he sold out to Bobby Luis Ohinen, when he allied himself with Bobby Luis Ohinen. Andre the Giant, we all knew you had your price. But in thinking about WrestleMania 3, when I got him up in the launch position, when I slammed him through the mat, when I got the three count on him, man, maybe I had an unfair advantage. Maybe it was the 90,000 people. Maybe it was because I saw your two cars, Andre. Or maybe because I was looking across the ring at Bobby the Weasel Heenan, man. Maybe it was my lucky day. But the thing that eats me up is there was a controversial, almost a three count on me earlier in the match. And because I've heard that question from so many people about the controversial counts, it makes me want this rematch this Friday night just as much as you do, Andre. As far as the million dollar man goes buying you out. Everybody knows when you deal in short-term investments, sometimes you get burnt. Look at Howard Hughes, look at Donald Trump. They spread their wealth out, man. Stocks, bonds, real estate, millions of dollars to charity. Ted DiBiase, you've taken all your assets, all your financial wealth, and put it right on Andre the Giant's back. That could be your first and last mistake. As far as the holster goes, brother, I take all my assets, everything I've got going for me, spread it all around the world, all on all my little teeny holsters, and I'm not the king of my own empire. I answer to that big bank teller up in the sky, the long-range investment. And for that one reason, if it's the only one I have, the bottom just might fall out for you, Ted DiBiase, and Andre the Giant. And the Hulkster talks never selling out to the Million Dollar Man. And he's heard the talk of the controversy of that near fall at WrestleMania 3. It makes the Hulkster want that rematch almost as much as Andre does, brother. Hulk investing all his assets in that big bank teller in the sky, man. And it's kind of timely considering I think Hogan was just baptized recently. But Hulk going to promise to win this matchup and spread the wealth like those good people Howard Hughes and Donald Trump, dude. Well, that last line didn't age so well, did it, Hulk? But Hogan does indeed sound ready for the main event this Friday night as we get a WrestleMania 4 bumper. And with the main event upcoming Friday night, I'd say this is perfect timing. As we go back to the ring for tag team action involving Axe and Smash Demolition, Mr. Fuji in their corner taking on Outback Jack and Jerry Allen. Jack going to start the matchup trading blows with Smash, but he eats a clothesline as the Demolition begin to pound away on the Aussie with double axe clubs. Axe going to even do the old give me the boot routine with Smash, driving him into Smash's boot in the corner, and Outback finally going to tag out to Jerry Allen as it is demolished and destroyed. Allen eating a Smash hot shot before the demolition decapitation. Going to end this one two minutes and four seconds. And the announcers pointing out the demolition, they've been here an entire year, and they've still yet to see them struggle against their opposition. Putting over Demolition is a true badass tag team as the endless plugging of Get Well Matilda cards continues here on TV. And then it's back to the ring for Jake the Snake Roberts taking on Dusty Wolf. Jake rocking a new white bag just in time for the new year here. Damien in a white bag. We'll see how long that lasts. As straight away, the crowd chanting loudly for the DDT. Louder and louder as the match goes on, wanting it more and more. And that master psychologist, Jake. He works the arm and leg of Dusty instead to continue to build the fans to a peak. 
But finally we do wind up seeing that pendant knee lift from the Snake Man before Jake then merely signals for the DDT and the crowd goes absolutely nuts. And then we get the move itself. The DDT connects, scoring Jake the win, 2 minutes and 43 seconds, and Jake Roberts insanely over here. But his finisher is next level over. DDT. As we head off now to Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the tag team champions, here's Strike Force. All right, it certainly is a pleasure for me to bring in a tag team that I have the utmost respect for. I've known both of these young men since the embryonic stages of their careers. I saw them start in professional wrestling. Come on it, if you would, please. Tito Santana, Rick Martel, Strikeforce, the world tag team champions. And Rick Martel, I don't think there's any question of it out. A number of tag teams are hot on the heels of the strike force. Let's talk about some of them. Maybe the Islanders for one. Oh yes, the Islanders, you know, they hot on our trail and, and so is the, the Hart Foundation demolition. The list goes on and on. And I'll tell you what, at the beginning of this year, Tito and I, we took the resolution to make 1988 the year the strike force. And we're doing what we have to do. You know, we're training hard and we're sacrificing a lot because, you know, we knew it's not gonna be a piece of cake holding on to this belt. But you know, with the people's support behind us, they've been great, you know, this been supporting us from day one and believe me you know they know we're fighting champions and we can, we're going to keep on doing so you know Tito Santana a very strange set of circumstances that brought you and Rick Martel together but thank goodness it did because things have really worked out very well they sure have me and Gene you know uh the strike force, we are on top right now on top of the mountain mean Gene and like you said there's a lot of people left to our trail and the strike force we have made a commitment to all the fans throughout the world and how we're going to keep this commitment is by keeping in shape. And they haven't seen anything. How does the song go? You ain't seen nothing yet. That's you, Demolition, Islanders, Hard Foundation, because we are going to hold on to this belt. They're going to have to kill us to take these belts away from us, Mean Gene, because we enjoy going to different parts of the country, defending the titles, and people being proud of the strike force. I guarantee you it feels good when you walk you know, over there. Lady Luck comes into play, too, Rick Martell. Just the fact that you can stay healthy during this rain is very, very important. Yes, very important. So, you know, and we're doing what we have to do. And right now, Tito and I, we have a bond together, and that bond's getting stronger and stronger every day. So look out. We're getting ready for you, challengers, and we'll meet them where Wherever, whenever, we'll be ready at all times, Gene. All it's right. hard to beat two brothers, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. High five and it. They are Tito Santana, Rick Martel. They are the current tag team champions here at the World Wrestling Federation. They are Strike Force. We've heard demolitions say that 1988 was going to be the year of the demos. Well, now we hear that 1988, the year of Strike Force. But lots of teams on the trail of the champions. Fairly generic promo here, as you would expect from Tito Santana and Rick Martel. But let's remember, they're the tag team champions. Where's the excitement? Where's the energy, guys? They just felt complacent. The team just never was the same after Tom Zink's departure. As we head off now to closing comments here on Superstars from the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase and Andre the Giant, talking about the main event one more time. All right, next week on Superstars, we learn its highlights from the Royal Rumble, plus another update on Matilda. And in the feature matchup, because it's going to be February sweeps, guys, we are promised ravishing Rick Rude, taking on Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. And I won't leave you guys guessing or waiting. Orndorff already gone from the company. He's going to be replaced next week. It's going to be Rick Rude battling Ricky Steamboat 
on the new set of Superstars tapings. Let's hope it moves a little faster than the Royal Rumble match. Hey guys, as we head off now to Wrestling Challenge January 31st, tape back January 6th, Nashville, Tennessee, Municipal Auditorium, Bobby Heenan, Gorilla Monsoon on commentary, as we head off to the ring to see the Junkyard Dog, JYD, taking on Tiger Chung Lee. And I wrote, eek, I don't have a lot of expectations in this one. Lee and the dog here in 1988. Is Tiger Chung Lee going to drop the dog early on with an awful tackle, or at least an awful bump by JY there? But from there, it's the dog with a, a hip toss, if you want to call it that. Tiger barely getting over for it. I wrote, ugh. Yep, this is uh, going exactly how I expected here. Is the announcers wisely using this match to push the Hogan-Andre matchup for the main event. And it's finally the thump power slam, giving the dog the win. Two minutes and eight seconds is up next. Special report. It's a replay of Craig DeGeorge hyping the main event this coming Friday night. So we head back to the ring for Greg the Hammer Valentine, managed by Jimmy Hart, taking on Scott Casey. And right away, it's an insert promo from Brutus the Barber Beefcake, who is coming for his former partner, the Hammer. And Jimmy Hart out there toting a Ban the Barber sign. Boy, wouldn't it have been hilarious if Jimmy Hart had just crossed out the word DDT and used the same sign as they had for Jake the Snake Roberts last spring? Ban the Barber. As we see more mini megaphones outshout the mouth around ringside, of course, once again, held all by kids all in the front row. Shameless Vince, I tell ya. As the two men trade shots early on, Casey and Valentine, but the Hammer manages to take over, sending Casey out to the floor. The Cowboy does pull the hammer outside, firing away with some good shots, but he's going to miss a top rope knee drop back in the ring, injuring his leg in the process. Then from there, Valentine going to drop the hammer, drop the big elbow on Casey, work over Scotty's leg before locking in that figure four leg lock to get the win. Two minutes and 23 seconds, and then post-match, Jimmy Hart distracting referee Joey Morella to allow Valentine to keep the submission hold on attempting to do permanent damage there. As the program continues, it's Sam Houston taking on Steve Lombardi. Gorilla Monsoon here going to put over Houston as Bobby Heenan putting over Steve Lombardi. Monsoon calls Steve a reject from Terry Garvin's school of self-defense, to which Heenan replies, yeah, Terry's been behind Lombardi a long time. Gorilla Monsoon's response, yeah, I'm sure. I wrote, Jesus, guys, as Gorilla Monsoon going to use this matchup to put over the Jumping Bomb Angels as the new ladies tag team champions. Jimmy Hart down to just one champion in his stable, the Honky Tonk Man. As back to the action here, Sam Houston going to deliver a reverse body block, pick himself up a two count, remaining in control, delivering a belly to belly suplex. And then the running bulldog on Lombardi going to give Houston the win two minutes and 50 seconds as we get a little more two stepping after the matchup. And we head off now to yet another promo from Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who's hanging out with Mean Gene Okerlund. All right, stay tuned for more exciting World Wrestling Federation action right around the corner. We've got a couple more exciting bouts in the course of this hour, and I know that you will not want to miss it. So many things happening right now in the World Wrestling Federation. So much talk centering around the big match between Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. And they'll be talking about that one in weeks, months, and years to come. But there are, believe it or not, some other things happening in the World Wrestling Federation that deserve some conversation. From Glens Falls, New York, my guest, a former oh! collegiate standout at SMU, he went on to play a lot of professional football, including a stint with the Atlanta Falcons in the National Football League, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Have you ever seen 
Have you ever seen the level of competition that we see today here on the World Wrestling Federation in this or any other sport? You're not kidding. There's no days off. Every time you step in the ring, you got a top great opponent staring back at you. And also, a lot of times, Mean Gene, while you're looking at your opponent, you got to keep one eye over here because you never know where their manager's going to be. That's why wherever Hacksaw Jim Duggan goes, you know, if you didn't deal in specifics yet, oh. Come in! No, no. I like that, Gene. You did not deal in specifics, but I'm certain that you were making reference, alluding to one King Harley Race. You may call him a king, but I won't call him a king. I can't tell you folks on TV what I'd like to call him. Uh, 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 I'd get in trouble, Gene. Yeah. And of course, Hacksaw is not the kind of guy who gets in trouble. Oh, but let me tell you something, King Harley Race, or anybody else in the WWE. If you think you can sneak up behind Hacksaw Jim Duggan, you've got another thing coming. Because I got fooled one time. I got my hands on the weasel, pulled him up real close, and I told him what I thought of him. Kind of got carried away. But that's not going to happen again. I'm going to keep my eyes open. I'm going to be listening, and I'm going to be telling you I'm going to get my hands on you. Can, can I ask you a me. question, Hacksaw? Yes. When you played football, did you go both ways? I certainly did, Gene, but that was a long, long time ago in a place far, far away. Oh! Here's one of the greats today in the World Wrestling Federation, ladies and gentlemen, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan. And there you hear Gene putting over Duggan as a former Atlanta Falcon for Hacksaw can talk about his 2x4, the equalizer, to watch his back. As we get more fans picking the winner of the upcoming matches at the main event, there's even ladies in the crowd choosing the Honky Tonk Man to defeat the Macho Man Randy Savage, one even referring to Honky as having the better body in what universe. As we go back to the ring for tag team action, Heart Foundation with Jimmy Hart and Danny Davis in their corner. They're going to take on Omar Atlas and Special Delivery Jones. And we get an insert promo here from Strike Force, the tag team champions, essentially stating that the final showdown with the former champ, the Hearts, will take place Friday night at the main event. No more excuses. Winner take all in this feud. And the referee in this one, I noted, was Dave Hepner. And I'm not sure how much longer we can say that, with 100% surety anyway. As Special Delivery Jones has a go with the Hitman early on, and Jones going to hold his own here before Omar Atlas tagging in, tripped up by the Hitman out on the floor, and the Anvil going to take over for the Heart Foundation. The Hearts picking Omar apart until he has a heart attack, putting Atlas down for the win. Hitman and the Anvil scoring the victory, 2 minutes and 45 seconds, and it Sounds like the Hearts, they get the blow-off match with Strikeforce on NBC, which on paper sounds pretty damn cool. Unfortunately, it doesn't work out the way anyone could have imagined. Now, also during the Heart Foundation matchup, there was more talk of the Bomb Angels. As Bobby Heenan had said on commentary there, the Angels, they celebrated their biggest win in wrestling by going through 12 bags of rice. Yeesh, Bobby. As we head off now to another soundbite, man, these guys love to talk. Mean Gene Oakland yet again with the Million Dollar Man and Andre the Giant. All right. Hi again, everybody. Virgil, come on in. Virgil, of course, is the bodyguard for the Million Dollar Man. Wall Street is still rocking and reeling after the news that the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, made that big multi-million dollar transaction and acquired the services of Andre the Giant. 
You think that bothers me, don't you, Virgil? Your eyes are water in Oakland. Your mouth's drooling a little bit. I've got a head cold. Oh, yeah, you're no different than anybody else. You've got a price, and that money makes your head spin. But the only one it didn't seem to affect was you, Hogan. It didn't seem to affect you. All you've got is those Hulkamaniacs, all those little Hulksters out there. And that's all you're going to have, because this Friday night, February the 5th, in Indianapolis, Indiana, mark it on your calendar. History is going to be made. The Million Dollar Man is going to collect on the biggest investment of his life. And oh yeah, you're going to say, don't count your chickens before they hatch, DiBiase. I don't make bad investments, and I didn't become a wealthy man by making mistakes. Does this look like I made a mistake? No, this is a man that has promised, has promised to give me that belt, and he's got how many reasons, Andre? <laughs> Millions of reasons. <laughs> Sounds to me like it's a leveraged buyout, Andre. Oh. Hey, this is my business. I do what I want to do with my life, okay? Just like I said before, for years and years, I never want to become a champion. Last year, I changed my mind. And I've been cheated by the referee and Jack Tunney. But this time, Hulk Hogan, no way. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing, Hulk Hogan. I'm going to come in there to collect that money and squeeze and squeeze on you until I get that belt. And I will deliver this belt to my friend up here, Ted DiBiase. Hulk Hogan, you're going to remember that day because Hulk Mania is going to be over. It will be giant Mania. Hulk Hogan, look at that. How much is there? How stupid you are, Hulk Hogan. How stupid you are. You're a double loser. You're going to lose your belt and you're going to be broke. And then all you're going to have left. All you're going to have left, Hogan, is all those little hulksters out there, and all they can give you is a little pat on the back and say, tough luck, big fella. We're going to find out Friday night. Stay tuned. We're right back. And uh, yes, guys, this is indeed getting a little redundant, but you've got to drive it home. It's this coming Friday, the biggest match, the biggest angle in maybe pro wrestling history up until that point, certainly on a national level. So yes, guys, a major angle about to go down on February 5, as we head back to the ring for the Macho Man, Randy Savage, with the lovely Miss Elizabeth taking on Terry Gibbs. As we get an insert promo here from the Macho Man, who vows to regain the Intercontinental title on NBC. Dig it! And Savage fired up for this matchup, flinging Terry Gibbs outside the ring, delivering that top rope double axe handle, and then back inside the flying elbow off the top rope, and a foot on the chest. Gotta get the cover in one minute and 45 seconds for the former IC champion and perhaps the soon-to-be-yet-again IC champ, the Macho Man. But it's not over yet, as post-match, we see Savage pointing to something, or maybe someone. When we look over up on the platform, it's the Intercontinental Champion Honky Tonk Man, along with Jimmy Hart and Peggy Sue. The heels standing by with Craig DeGeorge as they mock Savage, from afar. Honky, he wants to hear his music, while Jimmy Hart says Honky will prove why he is the greatest IC champion of all time this Friday night. Macho Man, meanwhile, begins walking by the interview stage as Peggy Sue, again in complete Sherry voice, threatens Miss Elizabeth. And it's not exactly how you'd expect to hear a, a Peggy Sue speak, but she gets her point across here. But it sounds like this one also going to be resolved one way or another at the main event. So two huge title matches, and it seems like both of them looking for a blow-off. And who knows what's going to happen between Hulk and Andre. A huge night of wrestling history 
in general, guys. As we continue on, more action now. Bad News Brown going to battle Rex King here as we get an insert promo from Brown stating that he has earned his nickname Bad News by bringing bad news to his foes. Makes sense. Straight into the point. And Brown going to jump Rex King upon entering the ring before Mel Phillips can even introduce the match. As we get more commentary during this one, suggesting that Brown is in line for some type of a push as he dominates Rex King from corner to corner. And at the Superstars taping, we got that hard-ass clothesline, but here we get the prototype of the Ghetto Blaster. Although here on commentary yet to be named, it is an Inzagiri, the Ghetto Blaster, giving Bad News the win, two minutes and eight seconds. As even more fans discuss their opinions of who will win the big match at the main event, and then back to the ring for the British Bulldogs, taking on the duo of Dusty Wolf and Barry Horowitz, and the WWF shilling the Matilda t-shirt now in an insert promo box, as worn by Gorilla Monsoon? Gorilla in a t-shirt? I wrote, yikes. Shameless, I say, Vince. Is Barry Horowitz going to attack the Bulldogs, but it doesn't take long for Davy Boy and Dynamite to dominate Barry early on. Smith going to land his delayed suplex before Dynamite in with the snap suplex on Horowitz. Davy Boy from there, running power slam and pile driver on Dusty Wolf. And then Dynamite with a diving knee drop and a back superplex going to put Wolf away 4 minutes and 13 seconds. As up next, we're off to Mean Gene Oakland once more. He's standing by this time with the natural Butch Reed. All right, there's so much happening in professional sports, and certainly so much happening here in the World Wrestling Federation. Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, that one will be talked about, I guarantee you, for years and years to come. Come on in, the natural Butch Reed, my guest at this time. Butch Reed, former Kansas City Chief Linebacker and one of the great superstars of the World Wrestling Federation today. Butch Reed, where's your manager, Slick? Slick is taking care of his own business like you ought to be doing. See, that's why Slick don't like you today, see, because you try to take care of everybody else's business except your own. The only business you got to be taken care of is holding this stick right here, Mr. Microphone Holder. Now you want to hold it? I get paid for asking probing questions, and sometimes people are offended. Yes, and I'm offended. Where Slick is ain't none of your business. He's taking care of my business and his business, and that's the only business that you need to know about. You got that? Now, let me tell you something. Butch Reed is one of the best in the West. This is the business at hand. And Butch Reed is getting tired of a whole lot of people in his business, such as... Such as? Big blockhead Don Morocco. He got a big nose. They ought to call it Nosetta. But I got something to put in them big stoots of yours, boy. They call soup bones. You understand? The reason you, you don't particularly reason you don't particularly care for Don Morocco is his association with the great superstar Billy Graham. Am I right? Yeah, you got that right, Fallen Star. I beg your pardon, Fallen Star Billy Graham. Don't you know Don Morocco is what the same thing that's happened to Billy Graham is the same thing that's going to happen to you, fool, if you keep on being in my business. You understand? Because I take care of my business, and if I need some help to take care of my business, I got Slick and I got the big 747. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're admitting that... Yeah. It wouldn't be out of Yeah, I mean, it would not be above me at all. It would not be above nothing 
took at all took to take on the one-man gang, gang to, to help do you. some business. I'll and tell do you, the do of you, Morocco, look at you, give me a cripple. Butch Reed. And Slick noticeably missing an action there, as he is apparently TCB. You know what that is, Gene, right? Taking care of business. Reed still getting promo time and a feud with Don Morocco heading into the month of February. Even though his time here in 88 will be short. It's really unfortunate this never worked out. I was a huge Reed fan. As uh, now we close out Wrestling Challenge, we get closing comments from the Hulkster about this Friday night. You know, I don't want him to completely starve. I just want him to suffer. If I can pull the carpet out from under Ken DiBiase's financial empire, make the bottom fall out, break him down to a few simple stacks of $100 bills in the safety deposit boxes, that would be a fate worse than death for him. Changing his lifestyle would just kill him. But as far as you, Andre the Giant, WrestleMania 3, all the unanswered questions. Was it a fluke victory? Did I really slam you to the mat? Was I counted out early in the match? All these questions will be answered this Friday night. I, more than you, Andre the Giant, want this rematch. And Andre, if I get my way, you're going to be the shortest investment in Ken DiBiase's financial career. And the WWF champion Hulk Hogan looking to bankrupt the Million Dollar Man and change his lifestyle, brother. As all the controversy and curiosity about the matchup between Hulk and Andre at WrestleMania 3 will be settled once and for all this Friday night. Dude. Settled once and for all? Well, I don't know about that, Hulk. But remember, guys, this Friday night, as if you didn't know by now, it is the main event. And next week on Wrestling Challenge, February sweeps begin. And right out of the gate, answering the challenge of the mighty Hercules, it's going to be the ultimate warrior going one-on-one with Herc. So stay tuned for that. Going to be a fun one, no doubt. As we head off to our final piece of business here this week on The Grenade, it's WWF Primetime Wrestling for February the 1st, 1988. Right in this week, Primetime Wrestling, hosted by Bobby the Brain Heenan and Vince McMahon. Well, guys, if you listened to my Royal Rumble episode, you would have learned that leading into the Rumble event, Gorilla Monsoon actually suffered a mild heart attack that week. And so he misses the Royal Rumble show, replaced by Vince there. He misses the following Madison Square Garden card, also replaced by McMahon. And here, even on Primetime, Gorilla Monsoon out, Vince McMahon in his place. Get well soon, Gorilla. And I thought it'd be a, a light dose of clips here, sound bites here for this prime time because we're not going to get the fun banter with Bobby and Gorilla. But boy, was I wrong. Sound bites galore here. Going to make up for no prime time at all last week on TV as uh, we head into the intro now with Bobby Heenan and Vince McMahon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Prime Time Wrestling. I'm Vince McMahon along with Bobby the Brain Heenan, the host. 
All right, the host, the co-host, whatever you are, you're the brain, allegedly. And, of course, uh, we would be remiss if we did not speak of what happened just about a week ago yesterday. The Royal Rumble from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. That was something else, especially, Mr. Heenan, the signing of the match that's going to take place this Friday night. Andre the Giant versus, of course, Hulk Hogan. Well, I wonder who's going to uh, help Hulk Hogan. Who's going to give him all the mental help he needs? Because he has made the biggest mistake of his life. In what respect? Signing for the match. Putting his title on the line, getting himself involved in that kind of situation. It's over. Hulkamania is dead. You remember well, I'm sure, WrestleMania three in front of 93,000 in the Pontiac Silverdome, the largest indoor crowd in the history of the sport, in the history of any event, as a matter of fact. In any event, you know the result of that. Hulk Hogan won the match. Well, I also remember the very incompetent referee we had, how he counted three but didn't have the guts enough to award the match to Andre the Giant. Well, lightning is not going to strike twice for Hulk Hogan. You watch and see what's going to happen. There was indeed, in fairness, some controversy as to the outcome of the matchup. Some say Andre the Giant pinned Hulk Hogan in the first 30 seconds of WrestleMania three in that particular matchup. And we certainly are going to look forward to the finally the return match and you're not even at ringside. Well, you never know where I'm going to be. I'm always someplace. you got to be someplace. Yeah, I know where I'd like for you to be, back down in Barbados. Right now, let's take you to Madison Square Garden. Don the Rock Morocco versus the Mighty Sika. So there it is. They talked the fallout from the Royal Rumble, and this entire show going to be a hard sell for the February 5th main event match. As Bobby Heenan comments, it's over. Hulkamania is dead. Though we've heard that before, Bobby. Of course, they referenced the WrestleMania 3 controversy, the referee Joey Morella, Vince even wondering, where will Bobby Heenan be during the main event? Because he won't be ringside, pal. Bobby Heenan replying, he's always somewhere. Got that right, Bobby. Everywhere you go, there you are. As up next, coming out of a matchup involving Don Morocco scoring a win over Sika, the Wild Samoan, Vince McMahon going to talk about The Rock and his hoses. So The Rock continues his winning ways in Madison Square Garden, squaring off against the mighty Seeker. The Rock is really coming on strong, is he not? I don't like the way the guy is acting now. I don't like the way he's changed his uh, philosophy about professional wrestling. He is more catering to the humanoid fans than he is his own ability. You watch. Something's going to happen bad to The Rock. Morocco. I think everything is coming up roses right now for The Rock. You take a look at those hoses all over him, the vascularity. This man is really on a tear, really has himself together as never before. Mr. Well, he's hanging around a gym with a bunch of losers. You know, they eat 28 cans of tuna fish, a dozen raw eggs, and they hang around, hang around a mirror that's distorted. They wear a size medium T-shirt, and they walk around all day and do this. If that's his bag, fine, help yourself. I wonder what you would look like in a gym. I'd love to see that. And Are you even, kidding? And even that, in a medium-sized T-shirt, what would you look like? The well, Pillsbury Doughboy? Huh? We'll find out. We'll talk about it a little bit uh, later on of what uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan might look like in a gym. Bobby Heenan, he doesn't seem to like the changes, uh, the recent changes in Don Morocco, but naturally Vince McMahon, he loves it. He ponders what Bobby Heenan would look like in a medium-sized T-shirt. Ha-ha, pal! And the, as for the matchups here this week on primetime, they're really digging back this week to house show matches from last June, August, September, October of 1987. Using those matches for footage here this week, kind of a, a placeholder event, if you will, between the Royal Rumble and the main event. As up next here on Primetime, Vince McMahon announcing the site and date of WrestleMania 4. Certainly everyone looking forward to WrestleMania 4. 
emanating live from Atlantic City, New Jersey, on Sunday afternoon, March 27. And from the Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino, WrestleMania 4 will be presented. And what an afternoon that's going to be. I suppose you'll be there, Mr. Oh, Heaney. yeah. Donnie and I will be there. And Donnie? Donald Trump. Oh, okay. As you would know him as. Mr. Yeah, Trump, I'm, I call him. Oh, well, you call him whatever you want. Just don't call him late. Well, there it is. Reconfirmation there. Courtesy of Vince McMahon himself. Sunday, March the 27th, Trump Plaza, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Hey, Donnie Trump will be there. You guys should, too. As the show continues on, the duo going to talk all about the Intercontinental title match between the Honky Tonk Man and the Macho Man this Friday night. All right, Bobby Heenan, let's talk about now the Intercontinental title matchup, the Macho Man against, of course, the reigning Intercontinental champion, the Honky Tonk Man, and it's time to pick a winner there. Well, the Honky Tonk Man has dominated this whole scene since he's become the greatest Intercontinental champion in the history of wrestling. Dominate? Wait a minute. Do you recall how many great Intercontinental champions we've had in the past? Well, who really cares about the past? Who was the second man on the moon? See, no one ever remembers that. But the important thing was, he showed Elizabeth her place. Really? He showed Macho Man his place, mm -hmm. and he's going to do it again. You think so? No, so. Well, I'm going to predict that uh, the Macho Man finally will become Intercontinental Champion once again. I think it's going to be a tremendous matchup, but in the end, I think the Macho Man will have his hand raised. Now let's go to the tag team title matchup. You've probably still been donating to Tammy and uh, Jim. Anyway, go ahead. Tammy and Jim who? Baker. Personal friends of mine. Anyway, go ahead. Bobby seems to think that the Macho Man and the lovely Elizabeth are going to be put in their place on the main event. As we continue on here, another matchup talked about for the main event, the tag team title matchup between Strike Force and the Hart Foundation. Let's talk about now again the tag team title matchup. The Hart Foundation squaring off against Strike Force. Well, the Hearts have got to take that. See what happened in that match before Neidhart gave up in that Boston Crab, right? Absolutely. Wrong. And the referee asked him, does it hurt? He said yes. He rang the bell. Another bit of incompetence by the referee. Give me a break. The referee is going to ask you, does it hurt? See, you must have heard that too. No, I didn't hear that That's at all. That's what Neidhart told me. He wouldn't lie to me. He said the referee asked him, does it hurt? He said yes. They rang the bell. He, you couldn't make Neidhart give up in a Boston Crab by Lucky Pierre. Come on. Lucky Pierre meaning Rick Martel. Yeah, and his partner, Wabamba. Tito Santana. You're doing pretty good here. I guess so, huh? Some quiz show. All right, we go back in time. They talk a little bit about the title change there from the Hearts to Strike Force. Bobby says that the Heart Foundation got screwed. And I had to LOL at the comment about Lucky Pierre and his Boston Crab. As we continue on, we're heading into a matchup involving the outlaw Ron Bass taking on Billy Jack Haynes. I do believe that one was at Maple Leaf Gardens, if I remember correctly. It's Miss Betsy versus the Bowler Hat. But what's in the hat in just a moment we're going to take you back up to toronto canada and the matchup is going to be a tremendous match between billy jack haynes and the outlaw himself big mean nasty ron bass i don't think ron bass should be allowed to bring in that bullwhip what's he call it miss betsy betsy yes well i don't think there's anything wrong with him having a bullwhip you got billy jerk in there with that hat that's six feet up in the air you never well, know the what's going to do a lot of damage well, you don't know huh? what's in the hat you don't huh i know what's in the head nothing but i don't know what's in the hat Probably but nothing. Let's take you now to the matchup. So Vince McMahon talking about Miss Betsy being a, 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 essentially a weapon out there. Bobby Heenan bringing up Billy Jack Haynes' bowler hat. But what's in a hat, Bobby? Heenan doesn't know, but there's nothing in Billy Jerk's head. And this, this may be 
the final piece of Haynes footage we see here in the WWF, but don't quote me on that. I haven't really looked ahead. As we continue on here, Bobby Heenan talking about his interest in Bad News Brown. In just a moment, we're going to be privileged to hear the words from the World Wrestling Federation champion, Hulk Hogan. Oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. Let's talk about Bad News Brown. Bad no news. news is good news unless you're looking at the news that Bad News Brown is going to lay on you. Now, this guy needs a manager. This guy needs somebody to help him down that paved path to success. Oh, really? Yes, sir. Well, He's I'm a gonna... talent. He's a talent. Well, let's take a look now at the debut of Bad News Brown, after which we will hear from Hulk Hogan. Roll it. So Heenan referring to Brown there as a quality competitor, but he could use a little guidance. Bobby putting Bad News over here, perhaps wanting to manage him. Boy, that could have been interesting in the long term. Bad News' face turn would have gotten over huge on Bobby Heenan. As up next on Primetime, it's even more main event hype. Well, it's true that this Friday night, Andre will have in his corner the Million Dollar Man, as well as Virgil. But I'm sure you will recall that in WrestleMania 3, Mr. Heenan, that Hulk Hogan had someone in his corner when he first met Andre the Giant one-on-one. Approximately a year ago, he had 93,000 Hulkamaniacs in his corner. Well, he had 93,000 humanoids in his corner. He probably had over 25 million humanoids watching him, but it didn't help him. He still was pinned one, two, three. The only thing that helped him was the referee did not have enough intestinal fortitude to make the call. To make what call? He went one, two, three. But what do you? Well, I don't want to talk about that. That's history. All right, there I'll was some controversy go, in the first match. But what's going to happen now is there's going to be no dispute at all. There's going to be a new world champion. He's going to be Andre the Giant. See, Hulkamania is dead. It's over. It's over. I don't like Hogan. He's, I don't like a guy with a big mouth. Can't oh, really? stand him. Yeah. Well, you got a point there. We'll be right back as we continue. Well, guys, all roads do lead to this Friday night. Excellent hard sell here in the absence of Gorilla Monsoon. It gives Vince something to do here on primetime. But if you guys thought there was controversy at WrestleMania 3, oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Just wait till Friday night. As uh, up next here on primetime, we get an in-depth discussion on Matilda, the Wonder Dog, pal. And now a report. A very special report, as a matter of fact, on Matilda. Do you know all about Matilda? I know nothing about Matilda. I know nothing about her condition. I don't even know if it's a her. I don't even care. You don't care? I have nothing you to do with that mutt. You what? Oh, you had something to do with her, all right. Mm -mm. And I think one of these days she might have something to do with you. We'll talk about that later, but right now let's take you to the British Bulldogs with a special report on the condition of Matilda. Matilda is getting better, but she's still not responding to the treatment that the veterinarian would like her to be. Well, you know what makes me feel really good? Is the cards and the letters that all you people have sent to Matilda. And we read every single one of those cards to her. Every single one of those cards. Isn't that right, Dynamite? That's right. And would you believe it? Every time we read a card or a letter to Matilda, that little tail just starts a wagging and a wagging, and she feels great. Now, many of you are certainly showing your support for Matilda by writing in to Matilda, and uh, we'll show you an address as Bobby, there we go, Get Well Matilda, P.O. Box 3858, Stamford, Connecticut, 06905, and Bobby Heenan, there have been so many, many fans who have written to Matilda wishing her well. Your reaction to that? What a bunch of morons to write to a dog. Just like anybody who owns an animal, I think, is... Uh, 
has an intellectual capacity of an IQ of maybe four. They say, Why? does he want to go out? Does he want to go bye-bye? Does he want to do his thing? The dog never answers. Then they buy a bag full of hard rock dog food and feed it that poor miserable sucker. But no, when they have prime rib, they never share none of that with the dog. Then they have kitties, the nice cat. Oh, he's independent. He's an independent cat. It's because the cats don't like people. Dogs don't like people. Don't talk to animals. Don't write animals. Have nothing to do with animals. That's my philosophy. Well, let's, let's go back then. If, in fact, you wanted to have nothing at all to do with animals, then why did you and the Islanders take Matilda from the ring as you did? I told you that before. We removed her because she was a vicious animal. She was hydrophobic. She went for me. She had mange, worms, ticks, fleas and ringworm, and we just took her out back, set her down, and as I took off and kicked in high gear, she was after my, the heels of my shoes. That's the last I saw that miserable So you dropped thing. her then as you exited the arena? Set her down, didn't drop her, that would hurt her. Set the doggy down, and then went south. That's the mm -hmm. last I saw the dog. Really? That, really, that's so, the truth. Why would I lie to you? Why would you lie to anyone, Mr. Heen? Why would You're you right. lie to Jack Tunney? Well, that's a national holiday. Anybody can lie to Jack Tunney. You know that. Not me, though, but it can happen. Mm -hmm. Would you lie to Jack Tunney? Nonetheless, the Islanders are reinstated and going full bore these days, but when they cross the paths of the Bulldogs, there's going to be some dues, I believe, to be paid, especially if Matilda ever makes a return. Are you kidding? So there we hear from the British Bulldogs. They're, they're reading the cards and letters to Matilda. So send in those addresses, guys, or letters, to Stanford, Connecticut, and that P.O. box on the TV screen bolster the WWF's mailing list for their catalog in 1988. As up next, we're coming out of a lumberjack match involving the honky-tonk man scoring a win over Ricky Steamboat back at Madison Square Garden a few months ago, as it's more time to talk about the main event. Do you believe that the honky-tonk man is still the greatest intercontinental champion of all time? Well, no matter what the outcome of the match is, he's still the uh, Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion, isn't he? I mean, whether it's outside interference, it doesn't matter to you as long as he holds on to the title. It doesn't matter as long as you go home with the gold. Mm -hmm. That's all that matters. I do not believe that the Honky Tonk Man is going to go home with the gold this Friday night. I think the Macho Man, Randy Savage, with the lovely Elizabeth, is finally going to regain the title. Can I give you a little hint what's going to happen? About Elizabeth? He's going to go home with the gold. Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth. That's ridiculous. That's what I hear. That's absolutely. Elizabeth is going to be out in the car. Peggy Sue's going to take a hike. Mm -hmm. I hear there's going to be a big scandal. He's going to go home as champion. And Macho Man Savage, you know where he's going to go? No. Who cares? Vince McMahon seems certain here that the Macho Man will indeed walk out once again the Intercontinental Champion on Friday. And when this was recorded, that was likely still the plan, pal. But maybe Honky Tonk has some other ideas. As Bobby Heenan thinks, the Honky Tonk man will retain and leave the arena with the lovely Elizabeth. And finally, guys, just one more soundbite for you here this week. Going to close out the show here with this outro. We're going to hear closing comments, I promise, one last time from the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase and Andre the Giant. <laughs> I've been telling you peasants for a long time now that the million dollar man always gets what he wants always gets what he wants and I want the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight title and I offered Hogan a king's ransom a king's ransom and he turned it down and undaunted I said again that I would still get what I want that I would buy what I want and this is the man right here that's going to give it to me Andre tell him what you're going to do Hulk Hogan this Friday night, I will get you down for the cup 
for one, two, and three. And then what are you going to do, Andre? I will declare you the world champion. <laughs> you see it, Hogan? You see it? It's mine! <laughs> well, there we heard from Andre the Giant, who obviously is looking forward to his second opportunity to become World Wrestling Federation champion. He missed it the first time in WrestleMania three. But now, Andre steps up to the plate once again, and whether or not he knocks a home run or strikes out, we'll find out this coming Friday night. What are you going to do Friday night? You're going to right hang there. around the loser's dressing room? Why don't you come over to Andre's dressing room where all the press will be, the media will be, the champagne corks will be popping, mm -hmm. photographers in there, everybody wanting to get an autograph, everybody wanting to get a picture, every promoter over the world wants to sign him for a match, mm -hmm. or do you want to hang around with Hogan and watch a grown man cry? A busted up grown man. You pick your spot, McMahon. You feel that's what's going to happen? I know that's going to happen. I'm the brain. You're the brain, huh? Let me ask you, how much did uh, DiBiase pay you for the contract? What is this, paper mache? What is it? No, this huh? is paper mache. Join us if you would for the next prime time that will take place here on the USA Cable Network next week on Thursday, February 11th. So long, everyone. And there it was, the final sell this Friday night, four days away, February 5. Will there, in fact, be a new WWF champion after more than four years of a reign by Hulk Hogan? Well, we won't have to wait long to find out, guys, because next week, right here on The Grenade, it's a very special episode covering that particular edition of the main event. On NBC, we're going to look at it from bell to bell, from beginning to end, pick it apart. The Intercontinental title match, the tag team title match, and oh, you better believe, Hogan and Andre 2, the rematch from WrestleMania 3, shown right there live on free TV and everything that goes along with it. And I won't spoil anything for those who don't recall, but I'm just going to leave you with this. Hashtag Twin Hebners. And we'll just leave it right there, guys. So that's going to wrap it up here this week. Two more weeks in the book. The month of January already out of the way. We're already one whole month down in the year of 1988, and I am having a blast doing it. I was a little worried continuing from 87 to 88, but not anymore. This has been a hell of a ride, a fun time, as the WWF, the, the machine that we know from the late 80s, is really clicking now. All of the talent is there, or most of the talent is there. More on the way, Big Boss Man, the Rockers, the Brain Busters, as the year goes on. And we even got Bad News Brown here now. But you don't want to miss it next week, guys. A huge episode of The Grenade. You guys know me by now. Talking about dissecting a show, we're going to take a look at that Hogan and Andre match and everything that goes along with it right here next week on The Grenade Show. And just a quick reminder, guys, check out all of the wonderful shows here on the WrestleCopia Podcast Network over at WrestleCopia.com or anywhere you stream your podcasts from Regional Wrestling to The Wrestling Stoop with Bob Roop. Be sure to follow me on social media on X at Wrestling Grenade, that's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade, and subscribe to YouTube.com slash Wrestling Grenade. And most importantly, guys, help me pay these bills to keep these great shows up and running. I'm talking about giving that $5 all-access tier a go over at Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again, Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. So many great gifts for just 5 bucks, and we're working on new video casts coming very soon very soon and i can't wait till next week to talk to you guys all about this epic event that's going to lead into the wrestlemania 4 pay-per-view and i'll leave it there for this week so for now this is ray russell saying 
from pillar to post and coast to coast. You pull the pin, and I'll pick up the pieces right here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. I'll see you next week. Don't miss it. Be there! Now, do you really believe idiots are going to send cards to a dog? What, do they think the dog can read? Well, listen, I wouldn't be surprised if Dynamite and David Boy don't read the cards and letters to Matilda. I'm surprised Matilda don't read them to Dynamite and Davey. I think that might be a better perspective.